You are now listening to the Whip Cream Podcast with Bianca Harris and Chantel Chapman. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. This is our last episode of 2019. That's crazy. I know. End of season four. I know. It's insane. So (laughs) we're basically going to reflect back on, you know, just the past year on the podcast and some amazing moments that we've had. And I mean, just reflect back in general, because I feel like that's what this, that's what you do basically at this time of year, right? That's what I've been doing lately. That and eat. Yeah. And just like, I literally saw this meme the other day that was like, this is the time of year where you don't know what day it is. You've eaten everything and you just become the coach. And I'm like, holy shit. (laughs) because I was literally sitting here being so lazy the other day I didn't know what day it was I had to check and I was like is everybody else doing this or am I just like the laziest person on the planet I literally have not been doing anything there seems to be a lot of these memes circulating about not knowing what day it is (laughs) I think that just affirms that this time is pretty similar for most people yeah where it's just and it's really nice like we need a time to just completely veg out and relax, you yeah, know? Totally. Mm-hmm. And how lucky we are that we have the privilege to be able to like be in a space to not even know what day it is. Totally. Yeah. Um, I was just reflecting back on just like doing the podcast and having all these conversations and getting like so much feedback from people up until yesterday and just thinking about like how, I don't know. I just feel like, you know what? Like, we're not fucking experts. We're not, we're just fucking human beings that decided to jump on. The Speak for yourself. I'm an expert. No, but I just mean like, I feel like we've always <laughs> so shared. <are> you. <laughs> no, but I feel like we've always shared from the place of like, just like shit that we're going through. I don't know. I just never yeah. want to, I don't want to claim to be an expert because it's like, I always have shit that I need to work on and work through. And it's like, I, I don't know. I feel like that comes from like, I don't know. I don't want to put myself on that on that level because it's like, I'm just a person having experiences too. And we're just sharing them. Do you know? Yeah. I think that's really humble of you, but also be very careful with that belief because it could manifest into imposter syndrome, which could create blocks. Right. How do you balance the two out? Well, I think, I think it's so beautiful to be humble and to live your life with a beginner's mind. So yeah, like maybe saying I'm an expert doesn't feel authentic because we know that the more that we know, the less we know, right? And that's like, that's the difference between knowledge and wisdom. And I think that it's really healthy to have that view, like that humble, I'm in a beginner's mind. I'm the teacher and I'm also the student or vice versa, always, but also have some um, have some confidence in in your your knowledge and your wisdom, and don't be afraid to to say you're an expert if it feels appropriate in a certain area. Because we can become experts through experiences, through lived experiences. You know, yeah. being an expert doesn't always come in the form of 
this third party gave me validation in the way of a certificate or, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Like it, it can, you can also become an expert. I'm an expert in codependency because I've been one all my life. <laughs> I didn't have to go for, to school for it. I no, just, but I love that. Yeah. I, I love that of like, you are the expert as uh, along with also being the student because the only reason I brought that up is not, is not the lack in confidence because I do have confidence in a lot of areas and then other areas I'm like, I'm so not the expert in that. Like I'm fucking, I'm yeah. just fucked up as everybody else, you know? Totally. But, um, and I love that humbleness about you. Well, that's just, but, how, that's actually how I feel. Like it's like yeah. there's some areas of my life that are like still in shambles. And then there's other areas where I'm like, no, I feel totally confident in like giving people advice and moving forward in helping people in that area. Because yeah. like you said, I'm the expert in it because of my experience. Yeah. But you know, if we were like, if we had that mentality that we couldn't do anything, if any areas of our life were in shambles, nothing in this world would get done. What do you mean? Right? Well, if we're like, my, this area of my life is in shambles, so I can't do anything else. Right. You know, how are you going to do anything? Yeah, um, because you're, you're letting the negative take over all areas. You know? But one thing I want to say is one of my teachers, Kia Miller, who we had on the podcast, um, the first time I trained with her in India, she said something that really... Um, stayed with me. And she said, you should always imagine yourself. And she's speaking to a room of teachers. We're in a teacher training. And she said, you should always imagine yourself as being on a ladder as a teacher. So sometimes you are on the ladder and you have someone underneath you pulling them up, but above you is someone else pulling you up. Yes. So when you're on that position of the ladder, you are at the same time, simultaneously, the teacher and the student. Yes, that, that feels way more like authentic to me. For sure. Yeah. I love that. Kia said it and she's got away with words. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. It is true because I, that having that perspective does, I do feel like humble and I do feel like I relate to that, but then it can hold me back in, in some areas. In yeah. Life, for sure. I think that's a good reflection question that we should give to our listeners, you know, like what is a belief that you have um, about yourself and where you're not an expert yet? And how is that holding you back? Right. Say that again. What is a belief that you have about yourself in an area where you don't feel that you're an expert yet, but you want to be? And how is that belief in itself holding you back? Yeah, that's a great question. It literally can be applied in any area. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Love that. So we were thinking, Chantelle and I were thinking today that we would go through some of our like most memorable 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 quotes from the season and um kind of just talk about how they feel to us today. Um, because a lot of them were done months and months ago. And um yeah, just kind of like delve into them and give you a little give you just like a look back on some of those quotes and what they kind of bring up for you. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so into this. I'm really excited. Just reading through the show preps. It just was like such a good reminder of all the amazing wisdom that was shared with us over the last year. Cool. So first we're going to play um, heroes quote 
And here we go. Thing that can help understand how to heal it is all trauma is pre-verbal. Trauma doesn't really happen in parts of the brain associated with being rational, understanding what's happening uh, and being able to control what happens in trauma. So all trauma is pre-verbal in a way that it's stored and affecting areas of the brain that have little to do with language. They have more to do with um, like what you were talking about in the last podcast with uh, Andrea, aka the somatic witch, it's in the body, it's in very uh, deep parts of the brain. So all, all trauma is preverbal, aka why would we want to talk about trauma in a healing therapeutic environment? It doesn't, it wouldn't really take us very far. So as a trauma, as trauma therapists, we try to find ways that bypass the talking centers of the brain and talking about trauma wouldn't necessarily be the best way. So for example, somatic approaches where we go into the body or approaches that like EMDR um, stimulate stimulate the brain bypassing the talking part. Okay, well, I can see the first thing that comes up for me when listening to this is like, <laughs> you know, just being home for the holidays and like, it's so easy to just be like, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm dealing with all my shit and like, I'm, I, I have all my stuff under control. And then because you're like in la la land, <laughs> literally for me, <laughs> you're in la la land and like, you know, you're not having to deal with things like family trauma or whatever it is because you're like working and you're not really dealing with it, but then you come home and there's no work and there's nothing to distract you. And you're literally just dealing with your family stuff. And then your first reaction is to like, I don't know, my first reaction is to like freak out or want to fight or like, you know, get into arguments with people in your family. <laughs> and it's, it's such a, this quote is just such a reminder for me. This is what I thought of. It's such a reminder of like, yeah, when everything's easy breezy, it's easy to be like at peace and like in a meditative state. But then when you're actually dealing with things, in real life, it's easy to revert back to like your previous behavior, which is what I did several times on this, on like on my trip home and like with my family. But then I kind of, near the end, I kind of removed myself and I'm like, that's just my a normal reaction. And that's their normal reaction. That's just how they're wired to react because they've been doing it for so long. And same thing with me. Yeah. So I take a, my thing has been really noticing that like, I just need to take a step back sometimes because I get in this emotional state and just calm down and then deal with it because I'm not dealing with anything from a rational place. And so like continuously doing that has been just something I'm trying to practice. Yeah, totally. I think like this quote is the foundation to like so much work on the path of healing, you know, whether it be your relationship with your, with money, your relationship with your family, your relationship with anything that causes a sense of chaos or pain or like any activated emotions is understanding that there could be trauma there and it's hijacking our rational minds. So taking that time to slow down is so important. And that that's really the basis of what I teach people when I work with them around their relationship with money. Yeah. 
Um, so I think, and your family example is such a good example. And this is a constant practice. Like I know this, I know what Hiroko said inside and out, because it is, like I said, the basis of the work that I do with my clients. But sometimes I forget this and I react, right? And, and I it, react from a place of trauma. Totally. And knowing something doesn't necessarily, like you can know a million things that doesn't change your behavior. Totally. That's the biggest thing is like knowing it and actually doing it is two different things. You yeah. Can do plenty of things, but if you're not actually putting in the practice and actually taking the time to do that ugly work that yeah. doesn't feel comfortable at the time, yeah. then knowing it means nothing. Totally. Totally. Yeah. So it's like, it's just like, just remember that, you know, even Hiroko, who this, she's been a trauma therapist for years. Like I guarantee you that she has to sometimes remember to slow down and make sure that she's not in a state of trauma before she reacts. Yeah. Like, again, it's like, you can know this in and out, but this is a constant practice that we have to live probably for the rest of our lives. Yeah. But you know, the practice is actually so, um, it's not like, it's not like homework and it doesn't feel heavy. Um, I find the more I do it, it feels more like, it feels more like self-care. It, it's like slowing down, connecting with my body, noticing how I'm feeling. And as you do this practice to, to um, try and um, understand like what part of your ra- reaction is trauma and what part of re- your reaction is rational, I also think that you're building your intuition muscles. Yeah. Which is such a gift, you know? Yeah. For, before we move on, it's just the one thing that came that comes up for me in related to what you just said is my one thing that comes up in dealing with it is like space. Like I, I constantly need to just give myself the space to actually not move from that emotional reactive space. You yeah. Know? Like literally have the practice of telling myself like stop freaking out right now. Take a minute, distract yourself, do something else, calm down. And yeah. Go back in. Yeah. You know? that's been like a huge lesson instead of like freaking out and making it into this like big dramatic thing. Right. Yeah, totally. What I tend to do. (sighs) (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So this is, this next quote is from Kia Miller. Uh, Words are mantras in themselves um, because we're creating our reality. I mean, this is not just some new age philosophy. Now the, the quantum physicists and um, even the scientists that are studying the brain are starting to reflect just that. You know, we're creating our reality by what we think, how we think, and the words that we live by. Uh, And so from that perspective, if we are going around and we're saying, I am an addict, but we are actually not resonating with that anymore, then we are holding ourselves in a certain state of consciousness to Tommy's point that is not helpful for us anymore. How much do you love this? I love this. This is everything and just so relevant. Like you and I were having a conversation about some of my shit today. <laughs> um, you know, you said to me, you're like, the way, because I'll just give the example. 
I was talking about something. I'm like, I feel like I need to defend myself and pick up for myself is what you said. Stick up for myself. I feel like I need to stick up for myself. And Bianca pointed out to me, those words, I need to stick up for myself is changing the way you show up because you're looking at it like I need to stick up for myself versus simply saying, what did you say? This is what I need. This is what I want. This is what I need. This is what I want. This is my preference. Easy breezy, beautiful cover girl. (laughs) You know, versus like, I need to stick up for myself. Like, do you feel the energy in the difference of those words? And I I was like really feeling into her pointing that out to me. And I felt a shift just by using the words, oh, well, this is, this is what I need. Well, because we're talking about, and I say this a lot, but we're talking about language. We're talking about when you, language creates your reality. It just is what's so. So if you are using that language and you have that, even if you're not saying it out loud, but that language is is lingering around in your mind, you're then living into that reality of becoming defensive and having to stick up for yourself, a little kid that needs to stick up for themselves in the schoolyard. And that is going to create the reality in which the situation is being lived into. Yeah. Right. So you also have to be responsible for that because you just created it. You know how they love this quote online, be responsible for the energy you bring into this space. I'm like, do people really even know what that means? I don't think so. It means just this. Yeah. Right? So you have to like even peel it back more, even more. Like what is it, what language are you even using? Let's start there. Right? It's like being competitive versus being like, bless you, being competitive versus being inspired. Like there's, there's, there's two different realities that you're living into there. Oh, I love that. Being competitive versus being inspired. Right? instead of like competing with someone, maybe you're inspired by what they're doing and it's helping you to create whatever it is that you're creating. It's just, I'm just using that as, as an example. So it really yeah. is, it really is creating the life in front of you. Yeah. Wow. So, so powerful. Also, she talks about, you know, when she says that um, when we use words, like I'm an addict, like you're at a 12 step meeting it's like, um, uh, hi, I'm Chantal. I'm a codependent. <laughs> you know, like you're keeping yourself in that state of consciousness um, when you keep using those words. And, you know, like I'm on side with this. And I'm also, I also see how it's helpful for um, some people to say, like, I'm an addict in the, in the moment that they're in, even though they're in recovery. Right. Like it, it, I've seen both sides. Like I've seen it where, um, I've seen it where people like when they say I'm an addict, it reminds them that what what's happening is outside of their control. And that's something that they really need to get them from point A to point B in their path of recovery. Yeah. You know? And so I don't think like, and I know that Kia and Tommy are aware of that and they're not trying to shame people for saying like, hey, I'm an, I'm an addict because they know that typically like in the beginning of recovery, that language is super helpful. Yeah. But like what they're saying is don't hold yourself in that, that consciousness. Right, because it could work for you at the beginning and it could work for you for five years beyond, beyond that. And then some, one day it could stop working. Yeah. You know? So it, 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 it is, it, it can be useful to declare that in many different instances. Yeah. 
but it can also become unuseful. So yeah. it's not getting, it's again about attachment. It's like using that language when it feels like it fits and then yeah. it's not anymore becoming unattached to that. Yeah. Well. Yeah, exactly. So good. Okay. So we're going to move on to the third quote by the somatic witch. All stimuli that we come into contact with gets interpreted by our nervous system. And so all things are either a sign of safety or a sign of danger. Mm -hmm. And then we sort of have, we've developed these different reactions and coping around managing the stimuli that comes in. And so if folks have been exposed to a lot of chaos in their lives, then their nervous system is going to be more sensitized. And so people having these really big, big uh, reactions to things or being really dysregulated is just a learned pattern of the nervous system. Like if you grew up in a household where you were scared that you were going to get yelled at, you literally grew and, and your nervous system formed around that fear of getting in trouble, that fear of being yelled at. And so it makes sense that as soon as someone criticizes you in any way or offers any feedback, you collapse to the floor crying hysterically. Wow. I love Andrea. I think she's doing such incredible work. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's so crazy how all these quotes are kind of connected now that I'm reading them all together. They really are. But again, this is like, you know, this this type of stuff is so foundational and it's like a universal truth, right? Yeah. And you always remind me of this as like your your nervous system and your and your brain is literally just wired and 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 basically accustomed to reacting in this way. Yeah. So for instance, I come home from the holidays and me and my mom will get into our little tiffs and like we are both wired to react in a certain way, which is like yell out, yell and freak out. Yeah. And we had a couple of those moments, but they were a lot shorter. I yeah. Say, like in the past that would have been dragged out for three months and I would have been a whole thing. But now it's like, no, I think we both realize that like, yeah, that was our initial reaction. We, we take a minute and then we come back and we're like, you know what? Let's just move on. Whereas yeah. that wouldn't have been the case before because it's like, you're literally just, you're on repeat of continuously behaving that way and your inner child comes out. Yeah. And you also don't have the awareness, like prior to learning this stuff, you don't have the awareness that like, oh, this is just my nervous system reacting because of patterns you don't have that awareness. So you like get stuck in the like, well, no, I'm right. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And also like, I, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this can relate. It's like, we're over sugared. We're overtired. We're not on our schedule. It's holiday time. Like everything. You have to take all of those things into account. And I think we forget that, you yeah. know, like we're eating stuff that we don't usually eat. There's for me, I haven't had like an actual routine. And when I don't have a routine, my life is like falling apart. So it's, I think we have to take those things into account too. I don't know where I just went with all that, but I don't know. That's just what kind of came up for me. It's good. I love it. Um, yeah, I just, I love how she talks about the nervous system and I love how she talks about, it's like, there's our internal nervous system And then everything else that happens in the world is external stimuli, right? And it's so fascinating. So she, she uses this example of like how you grew up and like, um, you know, when your nervous system is in a state of like, is being activated in a way that can trigger trauma, you, you'll have the reaction, um, 
that's a little bit greater than what it should be for the present moment situation. Cause yeah. you're basically like, if it's hysterical, it's historical. Right. Yeah. And, um, but then there's another side to this, which is really interesting, which I practice a lot and, um, I use it in my money coaching is understanding that let's say we use things in the world um, to excite our nervous system or to calm our nervous system. And these things that we use are substances, people, shopping, services, eating, right? So aren't what? Check, 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 check. <laughs> yeah, same. So our nervous system is like basically is all it sees is external stimuli and then our nervous system reacts it to it in a certain way, right? So one thing I have kind of done on my own practice is I used to love to shop for clothes like prior to me doing all my work around financial literacy and healing the relationship with money and me buying clothes like basically help my nervous system feel better in the moment because it would distract me from like feelings of inadequacy or whatever. But the problem is it had negative consequences, which would result in my nervous system being upset later. But in the moment it like felt good. It was like a hit. Right. Yeah. And so I, I learned this and I was like, wait, this is just like external stimuli. My, my nervous system isn't like, that's a designer handbag and that's not, you know, like that's my thoughts. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I was like, wait a minute, could I, could I convince my nervous system that, and I've said this before on a podcast, that nature, like looking at a flower is going to give me the same feelings as like going out and buying myself a new outfit. So I started like really trying to practice that and it worked. Yeah. And I also do it with things like, you know, putting on sweatpants after a long day. You know, I, I was working and I was working with my friend Jacqueline and we were sharing a room because we were on a work trip. And the Friday after our whole week of teaching, I put on sweatpants and I was so like happy and excited. And she's like, what's, you're so like happy right now. What's going on? I'm like, sweatpants. <laughs> like, why, why are you so this happy over sweatpants? I'm like, because I'm telling my nervous system that this is like basically me winning the lottery and my nervous system is reacting in that way. And I'm like really finding great appreciation for these small things because what it does is it helps me feel more in control where I don't need to go get that same like regulation of my nervous system from something that might have negative consequences, like going and spending a thousand dollars on our shopping today. Wow. Yeah. So they say it out loud. What? You literally say it out loud. I just like, I, I just, what I do is I do a practice of gratitude. Yeah. So like, I will like, let's say it's sweatpants. I will go through and like really mindfully feel how good the sweatpants feel on my skin. Like how it feels so nice to like, just like let my stomach out. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> you know, it feels so good. Yeah. And just like how I can like walk as fast as I want because I'm not wearing tight ass pants. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just sounds so small, but it's true. 
it, yeah. And then because if you look at the world as external stimuli and our internal reaction, and it's just that, you can find all this like pleasure and joy in little things. And like, I encourage you, like go out. It's really, really powerful with nature. So go and examine a flower and mindfully examine the perfection of that flower and do it from a place like almost like you're high on mushrooms and you're like, (laughs) holy shit. Can you believe this masterpiece? That's true. That's exactly what you do on shrooms. I've done it with my hands. I'm like, oh my God, that is so insane. Do you know that we have hands? Do you understand that we have hands? How weird is that? (laughs) (laughs) But this is, you know, this is why mushrooms are being used in healing because it, it really like, like that hand example, this is another thing when you're feeling like, you know, maybe lack of self-love and I need to, I'm speaking to myself right now. (laughs) Look at the masterpiece that is your body. Like if you want to feel abundant, how many bones do you have? have? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) 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 How many muscles do we have? Like after the fucking holiday. Yeah, we have 206 bones. That's crazy. Oh my God, listen to this. It is compo- we, are, we have 270 bones at birth and then it decreases to 206. Weird. Because they fuse together. Oh, wow. Interesting. <laughs> something new today, kids. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, it's just like if you just stop and think like, you know, especially if you're feeling in a state of scarcity, just like just appreciation for are like, wow, this miracle body and the way it works. It's crazy. (laughs) Mind blowing. (laughs) Shrooms. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I think we've had enough from that quote. (laughs) (laughs) I swear to God, I'm not on mushrooms right now. (laughs) Oh my God. It's so funny. Okay. So our next quote is from Sukhdev Jackson. So it's, it's, you know, we as women are lunar beings. We are run by the energy of the moon. So we fluctuate just like the moon changes phases every two and a half days. We change phase every two and a half days. So for a woman to understand this technology and understand that she's not crazy, to me, discovering that some 12 years ago was the biggest gift and a game changer because I grew up my whole life thinking I was crazy. And I had, my mom spent four years in a mental hospital. I had every right to think I was crazy with, you know, my whole matriarchal lineage being diagnosed with that and choosing to exit the planet, you know? So it's like for women to understand who they are to, for women to understand that they are 16 times more powerful, intelligent, intuitive, emotional, and insecure than men. Why? Because they have a womb. And because they are the birthers of humanity. So we have 16 times more power than a man. And because of that 16 times more power than a man. Can you just say that again to the people in the back? I'm like, I can't even talk. Yeah, so you are 16 times more powerful, more intuitive, more intelligent, more emotional, and stronger, and sociologically adept than a man. And insecure. Eight, because of that 16 times greater capacity, you are eight times more insecure than a man. 
That's why if woman doesn't fuel her energy towards her divinity, she's fueling and feeding her duality. Oh my God. This last part, if a woman doesn't fuel her energy towards divinity, she's fueling and feeding her duality. That is so powerful to me. Right. And we have reactions to this quote because of the men comment. Oh yeah. Which is fine. I, I, I kind of felt that when she was actually saying it in person, that that would be the reaction, but I got where she was coming from in it because it wasn't to, it wasn't to diminish men at all. No. Kind of, it was to kind of, I guess, showcase that like, yeah, you may feel 10 times more insecure and emotional and just like all over the place, which I know I do all the time. Like my emotions are constantly up and down, but there's reasons for that. Yeah. Sorry, I cut you off a bit, but what were you going to say about that? Oh, no, that's okay. Um, No, I just like think that um, putting the energy toward our divinity, so male or female, female, this applies, like putting energy towards divinity basically is translated to um, focusing on like the capital S self, focusing on like our own healing um, and focusing on not being separate from others. And then she says, if we're not doing that, we're feeding our duality, meaning we're feeding our separateness. Yeah. And I just think that's so powerful, like whether you're a man or a woman. And every time I've been in a state of like a triggered trauma reaction, I'm always in a state of duality. I'm in a state of you versus me, me versus them. I'm separate. I'm not connected. I'm not like in that divine collaborative connected state. Which is the hard, I don't know, for me, I find it hard to constantly remind myself to be in that state. Yeah. Because I guess we're just so, especially like now, it's just so, it's so, we're so conditioned to feel like you can do everything on your own. Yeah, of course. We live in a a world that, you know, encourages separateness because if you're separate, you're going to feel like shit and you're going to spend more money. Yeah. And that's better for the businesses. So, you know, we are fighting, we are fighting against the narrative of separateness. Which is a, which is basically fighting against yourself. If you really think about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I love this quote. I love what she talks about how women are lunar beings, um, uh, run by the energy of the moon. So, so fascinating. And also acknowledging that, um, you know, the, the moon changes phases every two and a half days. I think that just that understanding helps gives that gives us some space to know that we don't, we don't, we're not consistent every day. Like things change, you know, and, and accept that. Like why judge that? Why judge that? Let's just let it be and see what happens. And she did go back. If you guys, there's more context to this quote also, because I remember when we were talking, if you go back and listen to that episode, which you should, I'm going to do it as well. But she she also spoke about like, do you ever feel like you're so motivated one day and you're getting all your work done and you're like on top of the world and you're like, I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to do it. And you're just like on top of it. And then two days later, you're like, I literally can't get out of bed. I just can't even move. And I was like, 
I think that's what she was also talking about here. It's like, I go through that. I'm like, one day I'm like, how, how am I so productive and so amazing? And two days later, I'm just so like, feel like I can't even fucking move. Yeah. I think it's also like realizing that 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 is also not you. And you're just kind of like going through the ups and downs of being a human being, because that'll be one thing for me. I'm like, why can't I just be constant? Why does this have to be so up and down? It's so hard. Right. Yeah. But I guess giving yourself the space to know that, like, just allow it to happen too. Things change. Yeah. Things change. Yeah. Um, Yes. I really like this. I really liked what this this uh, message did for her story too. You know, this woman is lost her mom and her grandmother to suicide and her brother. Uh, her mom and her grandmother were both diagnosed with bipolar. Her mom spent years in a mental hospital, like she mentioned, you know, and she feels like she's she's like, she's basically imprisoned to this lineage of women who are referred to as crazy or not stable. And then she encounters this new way of looking at things that, that embraces, you know, the, the emotional changes of a woman, whether they're based on hormones, which are connected to the moon. Like, I don't know, I haven't researched enough about this, but I know there's quite a bit of um, there's like quite a bit of, uh, research around, um, just like women and their cycles. Right. And like, you know, sinking yourself to your, your menstrual, menstrual cycle, like on certain days of your menstrual cycle, you should not engage in any negotiations on days that you're ovulating. That's when you're feeling your best self, like most radiant. Those are the days that you should negotiate. Those are the days that you should put yourself out there, you know, because that's when we're, we feel most in our power. So I want to look into that more too and really, yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, you know, my friend um, Jacqueline, who I mentioned earlier, she used to run this workshop called Sync Your Cycle. And it was all about like sinking your life to your cycle. And she, she just wrote this article in collaboration with that company Bloom that does like period products Mm -hmm. all about this and how it relates specifically to women in work. And she's like, she's, she lays out like on this day of your cycle, don't do meetings at like this. And it's so fascinating. So the reason why I know this information is because she, I, I read her article, but I don't think it's out yet. But when it's out, maybe we'll share it because it's super fascinating. And we should definitely do a podcast about this because it's totally. Yeah, I love that. I would love to learn more about that for sure. Yeah. Because it's true. It's especially when I worked in a job that, you know, you can't just like call in sick because you're getting your period, you know? And I, I would just be like, I literally like, I, I can't even function today because when I for me, for my cycle, I'll just get really, really low energy. Like that's the symptom that I carry. Like I just get really, like, I just want to do nothing. Um, it's like, you can't just like, so many people, you can't just like retract from life because of your cycle. So it'd be really interesting to learn more about that and how to like, actually, I mean, even semi sync your life to like what's going on hormonally because it does affect everything. Yeah. And I think we collectively need to understand this and have more like forgiveness for women that like need to take a day off because of their period like that shouldn't be bad I remember so I I have endometriosis and endometriosis is 
basically makes your periods so painful. Like on day one of my period, I can't do anything unless I take like 15 Advil in a day. It's crazy. And I'm not exaggerating. And um, so I, I one time got booked to speak on Tony Robbins tour about money. This was like the highlight of my career as according to my ego. (laughs) (laughs) I checked in with my ego and we were doing pretty good. Yeah. My ego was stoked. (laughs) um, I... I looked at the, I use this app called Clue to like t- tell me what day I'm going to get my period. So I know like when is day one, cause that day I'm planning nothing. And I have, I have the flexibility cause I'm self-employed and I'm really grateful for that privilege. Um, but the day that I could have potentially been speaking was on day one of my period. Jesus. So you know what I did is I took birth control for a month and a half to manipulate the day I would get my period so I could show up and speak. And the event ended up getting canceled, but I had to put my body through the, you know, going on birth control. And I hadn't been on birth control for years because it actually made me quite sick. Um, So I had put my body through that so it could show up at work. Yeah. Yeah. It's like just like battling through life. It's like not showing up from a place of like, I don't know. I, I It's like you're literally just trying to survive. Yeah. Yeah. And then it didn't even happen. Yeah, totally. And then it didn't happen. And my ego was like pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just love that you've separated from it. Like you're having conversations with your ego. It's actually quite helpful. Good. No, I know for sure. <laughs> okay. Ready for our last quote? Yep. Uh, so now we're going to play our quote um, from Tommy Rosen. I recovered from the consciousness I was in, meaning the way that I perceived and thought about life, my consciousness would allow me to engage repeatedly in self-harming behaviors like drug addiction and alcoholism real recovery of any kind is a recovery of a higher or more pure or more aware state of consciousness. In the way that I think today, I'm very happy to report that I don't think about drugs and alcohol. I'm not worried about drugs and alcohol. It has no charge for me, no interest for me. You might say it's irrelevant to my life today because I'm no longer in that consciousness that I was before. Okay, now, Being in this new consciousness, I think naturally one's language is going to change. Wow, Tommy. (laughs) Tommy's a force. I just love him. Yeah. That's pretty intense. What do you think? How do you feel about that right now and where you are? Um, I feel hopeful um, because... You know, anytime Tommy speaks, you you walk away with hope. Um, and then his, that's just Tommy's presence, but his words about, um, about like elevating his states of consciousness from a place of addiction 
um, into an, a more a more aware state, which was his path of recovery. I think it's really powerful because I truly believe that people who have pretty severe addiction issues, like especially um, substance abuse addiction issues, I I believe that they have. Um, more capability to connect to a higher state of awareness and consciousness. And the reason why is because they're so sensitive that they have to resort to using substances to numb their sensitivity. So when they do open up and connect to a path of recovery and a life of discovery, um, their their ability to connect to those higher states um, is, is pretty great. It's greater, I believe. And I think Tommy kind of really points this out. And that's just my experience. Cause I've been around people in, I've been around addicts my whole life and I've been around people in recovery too. And, and there's some, there's some interesting qualities that, um, that you see with people in recovery and they're, they're deep and they're wise and they're sensitive and um, when they do get on that path, they're, they're very connected. Well, you just wrote my entire Instagram bio. <laughs> <laughs> I was speaking to you, Bianca. <laughs> oh, I feel You're my muse for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally exactly how I feel. Yeah. It, and it's so funny that you said the sensitive thing, because it's like, I only started to realize that in the last few years because I was always numbing it. I was always like numbing that part of myself or also comparing myself to other people that don't have that. And I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Yeah. Like, just weren't as sensitive or like even just like my sisters or whatever. She's like, oh my God, I don't even think about it that way. Or like, that's not even a thing for me. And I'm like feeling this deep or even it just comes up with me a lot with my family where I'm always like, I want to resolve this now. Like I want to like deal with this now. Whereas I like my, my, my sister will be like, just let it go. And it'll like blow over. And I'm like, I don't even think of that as an option. Yeah. It's like, let's dig into this and go through all the, and she's like, she helps me remember like sometimes it just needs, sometimes you were both just tired and you've gotten a little bit of a thing and like, you need to let it go. You're being too intense about this at the moment whereas like in other instances my intensity is needed yeah right so it's it was like having that having people around me that aren't as sensitive brings me back to reality and be like okay you don't need to like take it that far every time yeah (laughs) it's just the way I am right yeah but it does give me that I totally get what he's saying because it does give me that um awareness that maybe not everybody has because I can go that deep, but it ain't easy. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I like how he said, I recovered from the consciousness I was in. Like that's also, that to me is permission that he's giving himself permission for um, the human experience, which is um, being on a path of constantly trying to elevate our level of consciousness or unconsciousness because his consciousness was being unconscious literally yeah yeah numbing himself for years and years yeah different things so it's like your consciousness was actually unconscious yeah right so I totally everything he says about that and everything he says in general I relate to so much Yeah. yeah so good Wow, Bianca, what a year. (laughs) (laughs) What a fucking year. (laughs) 
It's so interesting because sometimes I'll think about the podcast in retrospect, not when I'm on it and doing it. When I'm on it and doing it, I feel like I'm tuned in and all of that. When I'm on, when I'm not, I'm like, oh, can't we just do something that's like light and easy? And then, and then we'll jump on it. I'm like, nope, that's actually nothing for us. And it's actually not what's, it's not what's impactful. And I'm so happy that we've like done this together. And it's been yeah. so amazing. And Is that why you originally brought me on? Because you're like, she looks like such a basic bitch. <laughs> not at all. Absolutely not. That is the opposite reason of why I brought you on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge a book by its cover. <laughs> Stop <laughs> No, but seriously, I just, even reflecting back on this, there's moments where I'm just like, even it just in my life in general. Cause I, like I said, I'm just, everything's got to be fucking so intense. And I'm just like, that includes this. And sometimes I'm like, can it just be like easy breezy? But this was so amazing for me to learn from. Yeah. But you know what? Your intensity, like you said, is needed. And I think your intensity is part of like what makes you an amazing guide for people. Yeah. You know, like I'm like, every time something happens and I go to my default victim mode, I'm like, what would Tony Soprano, AKA Bianca Harris say? (laughs) Yeah. But it's interesting because then, because you help me like soften and stop making things so like harsh and because with that intensity can come a severe harshness too, which is so not necessary in a lot of situations. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. We're good balance for each other. Yeah. Do you have any announcements you want to make? Because this is our last episode of the year. Can you believe Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we've been talking a little bit about my trauma of money program, but stay tuned because that's going to be launching in the next couple of weeks. Super excited about that. We're going to have a 10 week online program about healing your relationship with money. We've got eight different teachers um, going to di- going into different layers of trauma and um, this program is very unique and it's, it's been um, years of work really like coming together and I'm just so excited. So um, I'm sure the podcast will announce it when it comes out. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, announcements on my end. Um, we've changed our name basically to Whip Wellness. If you haven't noticed on our social media, I'm going to do a little IGTV video um, first week of January, kind of explaining why that is and what it's going to look like. And, and then we're also going to be launching some online seminars. So stay tuned, especially to the Whip page, um, because we'll be announcing them all through there and just some really cool events to stay connected and kind of just give people tools on how to like, you know, work through their shit, I guess you would say, and like um, intention set. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you guys so much for listening as usual. And thank you for so, so much for just all the feedback and staying tuned this year. This is exactly kind of what I wanted this to look like. And I'm so happy that we got through and did it and like, you know, just stayed committed and like kept putting out this amazing content, even though it's not the easiest thing to do, I think. Um, so yeah, thank you guys so much for listening and we really appreciate it. Thank you so much, everyone. Thank you, Bianca. Happy NYE. <laughs> yes, that too. <laughs>